Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. Hello, hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to another episode. Episode. That's what these are of your favorite F word. Sarah and Nicola here. Hi. Again. We were supposed I'll just be to here do... for the background noises yeah. today. We were supposed to record this episode last week when Nicola was in Calgary, but you know, it's just how our life is lately. But we're here. And actually, we were supposed to record this episode like weeks ago. And then each week we were like, ah, oh, something's come up. I yeah. can't do it. I, I think, think we talked we about last yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but it's funny because what we're talking about today. So we're going to talk about fat loss today. And I feel like we did a fat loss episode like pretty recently. But yeah, we talked about your cut specifically too. Yeah. And like expectations and stuff. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to do kind of like a more personal update and sharing our own experiences with our fat loss phases that we've been in. And I remember when we had planned to talk about this, I was like one week away from like the end timeline of our cut and like feeling so fucking good. And then the last couple of weeks, there's just been like so much social stuff and like, you know, things going on. Um, so it's funny just to like, think about the different mindset personally for me that I was in when we had first planned this episode, but mm-hmm. we're going with it. I don't it. know. I'm going to say it's probably better or like it's, there's a positive about talking about it from a place of like, wah, wah, where it's not all like shiny rainbows. Cause I think for most people, that is more the reality. The reality. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. So we're going to go into um, just like some recaps of what our goals were for each of our perspective cuts, um, how long it's been, how we felt about it, some of the expectations we had, um, how we have planned for social events, obstacles we've come up, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cuckoo? Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into it. Okay, why don't you start? Because I think we kind of covered yours more. I don't even think we really talked about mine in that first episode. No, I think you were like just starting it. Yeah, that's probably yeah. accurate. Yeah. Um. Okay, so my cut. Hmm. Well... <laughs> Let me just tell you about it. Um, No. So I decided to cut kind of like before Christmas. I think we had the conversations Mm -hmm. about like timeline and stuff. Um, And my kind of like big outcome goal was feeling really, really sexy and good in my wedding dress um, and my wedding. Yeah, she looks banging in it. We'll just say that. So you can prepare (laughs) to see photos in September. My wedding is in September. And so before we started the cut, Nicola and I kind of decided on a timeline where I would cut for um, anywhere between three to five-ish months, starting at the end of January, um, and then plan to maintain that progress through the summer and have a little bit of a buffer before the wedding if we needed to like do another little mini cut at that time. Yeah. 
Um, so I think we had initially planned on like three or four months and I think we ended up pushing it a little bit. Yeah. Right. And there's, I mean, a few reasons why we pushed it first and foremost, like there were some kind of like hiccups we'll say with like your bachelorette trips. Um, and by, I guess hiccups isn't the right word. They were just like trips or events that kind of took us out of the type of consistency we'd want to see and almost Mm -hmm. acted like diet breaks, which realistically I think were probably a good thing they gave us a little bit more flexibility and we approached the cut knowing that we would likely encounter things like that we didn't have all the details sorted yeah um but for that reason too um we were able to like give her the flexibility she needed to go enjoy a vacation that involved Mm -hmm. some things that we don't normally encourage clients (laughs) to do during a cut like eating out um drinking you know those kinds of things Mm -hmm. And then we were able to extend it too because Sarah was not only like feeling really good, progress was going like rolling along at a really nice pace, um, but she also wasn't seeing any of the negative kind of side effects like training hadn't suffered, energy hadn't suffered. Um, and then you got a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and things kind of like changed the progress a little bit. Yeah. I think like when we got the puppy, I don't think the progress really changed. Like, I think we were still seeing like similar week to week changes in the scale and pictures and stuff, but my mindset around the cut definitely changed just because my priorities shifted a little bit. My schedule fucking got turned upside down, um, and sleep (laughs) was a big sleep was yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was definitely, uh, if you want to call it a hiccup, um, something that I think affected me more than I had thought it would. I think mm-hmm. Nicola having a dog <laughs> knew what was coming, but I don't think I was really ready for it. Um, but was still able to like push through that. And for the most part, continue hitting my macros and stuff until my brother's wedding, which was our kind of like end timeline. Yeah. That's where we had kind of, when we had our first conversations, like when we talked about, okay, we'll start with like this three month kind of focus and really using that for our timeline is what kind of um, influenced how I set her macros, the type of deficit we set. And then based on how things went, we were able to extend it, but we kind of had that hard deadline of Mm -hmm. Matt's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And throughout the entire time, Nicola only adjusted my macros twice. Which is Um, sick. Yeah. And they were always over 2000 calories, which is also sick. sick. (laughs) Very obviously the, the amount of calories that you're going to be able to achieve fat loss at is going to depend or range widely depending on the Mm -hmm. person. Um, but a big reason that we were able to do that is that she made me eat a lot of food before. Yeah. We spent Mm -hmm. like four or five months increasing. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say you were almost, you were at definitely the top end of your maintenance, if not a tiny surplus Mm -hmm. before Christmas. Yeah. I think we were like my day-to-day cows were probably top end of maintenance, but because I was being more flexible and stuff, I was probably bringing it over a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, do we want to go into yours or do we want to share, should I share like the end results? Yeah. Why don't you finish out? Like, why don't you kind of recap the rest? Yeah. So before my brother's wedding, um, over, I think it ended up being like five months. 
um, I was down on average and we were always using weekly average weights to measure progress, um, down about 11 pounds, 10 to 11 pounds, um, which was like fucking fantastic. I was super Mm -hmm. happy with that. Um, and just like, yeah, I just felt really proud of the consistency that I had. Um, I definitely had to make some quote unquote sacrifices, but I felt good about those sacrifices, knowing that it was like short term and stuff like that. So now that it's been a few weeks of more flexibility, and we'll talk about this later, um, in terms of like what we decided to do after the cut was done, um, I'm averaging up about two to three pounds per week, um, than I was at that like very lowest week. Um, and that's obviously mostly just like water weight, um, and kind of just like a little bit of bloat and inflammation from consuming a lot of alcohol at my brother's wedding, (laughs) just like having some like different foods and stuff like that. So overall feeling really freaking good about it. Yeah. I would say it was like, we've done now, let's say two to three cuts together where I've been coaching you. Um, I know you've done cuts with other coaches as well, but I would say this was hands down the most successful. For like sure. there was really only one one week where you were really like, I could throw in the towel. Exactly. And you bounced back from that really quickly. Yeah. You talked me off that ledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, been really good. So why don't you share a little bit about yours? Okay. I just pulled up my like logs from everything. So I started my cut looks like end of February. So I'm like three and a bit months in here, if not closer to four. Um, And where was I starting with cows? Let's see. Prior, so prior to this cut, um, I had been working with a coach, not Sarah, sadly, someone else wonderful though, um, because she's also doing my bodybuilding programming. And I had taken a little bit of time off as I got back into school because I just really wanted the flexibility. Um, I took a little time off tracking and then got back into it come mm, January. I started just tracking to track, um, making sure I was like getting the amounts of protein I knew I needed, but I was definitely being generous with like where my carbs and fats were falling. Um, so when we first started then, she had me just like track for a few weeks to see where things were at. Um, and my calories were mm, anywhere from like 2,200 to 2,400, give or take. Um, and then when she set my initial cows, I was cutting at mm, 21, which is pretty sick. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a massive deficit at all. Um, I would say like my weekly averages were feeling pretty like in terms of weight loss we're feeling pretty small in the beginning Mm -hmm. um but at the same time I didn't feel like I was in a deficit it felt if anything like okay I'm just taking things more seriously and I'm tracking more accurately which was kind of like a nice way to ease into the cut um she's manipulated things like my cardio at the beginning I was doing four training sessions a week that were all strength-based and it wasn't till maybe six or seven weeks in that we started doing three times a week cardio for 20 minutes only Mm -hmm. Um, and now at the kind of like three and a half four month mark I have um, three days four days of cardio for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. um, which has all been like really doable and my calories have dropped maybe another 
hundred ish. So I'm right. still cutting on over 2000 calories also, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Pretty um, awesome. Nicola is also decently smaller than me. So for her to be able to cut at that amount of calories means that she did some serious work before that to bring her calories up. Your girl um, was eating. Yeah. <laughs> because we definitely see, depending on where your initial body composition is starting, um, that is going to affect your basal metabolic rate. Another thing that's really helpful for Nicola is because she's been doing bodybuilding for so long, she has a ton of muscle mass, mm-hmm. which is also allowing her to be in a deficit at that higher amount, even though she's a small little human. Yeah, totally. I was actually thinking about the first cut I ever did with a coach. Um, and I was cutting at 1700. Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot even fathom that for yeah. myself right now. It would be a nightmare. I'd be I know. so cranky. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I haven't had any major like throw in the towel moments when I read through some of my like notes to Katie. I see there was one week where I was like, cravings were fucking high. And what I wrote to her in my check-in was like, I recognized that it was a pattern. It was coming around my period, which is very normal for me. Mm-hmm. And knowing what I've done in the past, which is like, I'm going to throw in the towel and I'm just going to go all in or... I try and like white knuckle myself through it and get through a few days of like hitting my macros, but then it blows up into something. Um, I consciously increased my own calories for a few days and told her about it midweek. I was like, hey, hunger is high. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat more. This is what I'm doing. And then in my check-in, we talked about it and we both agreed that like that was a better option for me than to like try and force myself to be sticky to the macros in a way that was going to be a more like mental mind fuck for me later when I felt guilty about going over it was like the intentionality behind it that made it feel like totally okay Mm -hmm. um and we had a conversation about it and decided like if that comes up again like message me right away but we'll do the same thing like she would rather me keep a solid relationship with my food um and my body and just like how things are rolling and eat a little bit more for a few days call it a diet break call it whatever we want but mentally that kept me going without being like ugh. now all of a sudden it's a week where I haven't right stuck to the goals yeah yeah and I think that's a strategy that's helpful with probably a majority of menstruating clients right because I think lots of us have that similar increased hunger increased cravings for carbs especially um before our period so if that's something that happens to you having that conversation with your coach or kind of like doing that, um, adjustment for yourself can be really helpful for the long-term consistency and adherence. Mm -hmm. And in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not going to affect your progress that much. No, it absolutely didn't. I mean, certainly weight was like maybe up a little bit in the next few days, but it came right back down to where it was pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and since then there haven't like even when I've come to other PMS rounds since then, it hasn't felt as bad and we haven't actually needed to increase it. It was just like Amazing. probably a perfect storm of like stress was high with school. Yeah. You know, maybe my training days were extra intense. Maybe I was fucking moody. I don't know. Who knows yeah. what was going yeah. on exactly, but <laughs> yeah, um, it just kind of happened like that. So that's been really the only hiccup in terms of like my own stuff. Um, but certainly there have been things like meals out, Um, so I'm using like macro placeholders for those most times I'm doing as best I can to plan ahead for like, where are we going to eat? What do I usually order from that place? 
you know, logging things in advance as much as possible and sorting out my meals around it. Um, but I also did things like I know myself that I really like, like a baked good or like a sweet treat every now and then. And so I purposely had something like I built it into my week every week. So I knew I had something to look forward to. Um, I wasn't feeling restricted in that sense. And yeah, if I go out for a cookie, which was usually what it was like these chocolate chip cookies, man, they're so good. On your Um, Sunday coffee dates? No, it's usually a Friday. I would go get a coffee, iced coffee and a cookie cookie on a Friday. Yeah. Nice. Just a little personal date. Um, But like that wasn't a hundred percent accurate. So like there were these things that were built in that weren't accurate, but because we knew about it, I communicated it to her. Um, she knew what was going on and could like adjust other things if necessary. Like it, it worked out. And so I think the biggest like scooch away from the cut has been when I came to visit. Yeah. Last, what was that last weekend? Yeah. Cause yeah. I went to a wedding. Um, that was kind of like my first target goal was like, I want to look hot at this wedding. I want to feel hot. I could, I looked hot before. But I like really wanted to like feel good. And for me, that meant like leaning out a little bit. I wanted to like look jacked. And um, we got there for sure. I said to Katie, like, if I can go to your wedding now in September, feeling as good as I did this wedding. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also said like, hey, I'm going to be drinking. It's going to be one of those YOLO weekends. Like I'm uh-huh. seeing friends I haven't seen in like five years. Some of them I want to just enjoy myself. I'm not going to track. And I know the Sunday after, I know I'm going to feel shitty and I'm okay with that. Like it yeah. was, it's worth it for me. Um, but then I also had talked to you and knew that I was staying at your place for three days after and we were going to get back into tracking. So I was like, this is my plan. I brought some protein. I made myself my morning oats every day when I was there um, before the wedding, the day after. So I had like one meal at least that I was like, I feel confident in this, you know? got our steps in we crushed some workouts together Mm -hmm. and was weighed up yes I would be surprised if it wasn't yeah um but it's now down to below where it was a week later so yeah yeah so small small little hiccup if that's what we're calling it but in the grand scheme of things when we're looking at the big picture like not a big deal at all and for most of us being able to have those weekends and enjoy them again, just helps with the longer term adherence and consistency mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something, oh, another thing that I think has been helpful. So you mentioned this with your cookie, but I did this too throughout my entire cut is making sure that we're making room for those like sweet treats or like whatever your thing is. Mm-hmm. Right. So literally every night of my cut and like, I don't know how I'm starting to get sick of it, but uh, <laughs> Every single night I had some popcorners and these like frozen Greek yogurt bars. Which are so good, by the way. I need to get them. So I would track those in my day first and I would plan the rest of my day around it. Mm -hmm. And I had that every night. So I still felt like I was like having those little treats. um, And I never like felt deprived. I never felt, I know in previous cuts, I would like, especially on like Friday nights, I would get this like huge urge to go buy like nibs and like a chocolate bar and stuff like that. And I never felt like that this time. Um, I think my relationship with food has come a long way since then. Mm -hmm, For sure. Um, But I were no Oreo days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to make sure that we're still having that stuff and making it fit within, within our deficit macros. Um, because otherwise inevitably there will come a time where we're just like, fuck it. 
Um, mm-hmm. and we either overconsume to like discomfort or we have a period of time, whether it's a day, sometimes it can turn into weeks of just like not mindful consumption, um, choosing foods that we don't, we know don't make us feel good and definitely aren't aligned with our goals. Um, and so, yeah, making, making room for that is an important piece for sure. Mm-hmm. And then like, when you look at Sarah's day of food, like that, like kind of treat, I mean, still it's a yogurt bar and some popcorners, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, okay. There's a little like processing there, but they're not crazy in any means. But if you look at the rest of her day of food, it's like 90% whole foods. So mm-hmm. we're very pleased with that. Yeah. Another thing I think for both of us is important because we are hungry girls that are used to having lots of food, um, <laughs> making sure that our foods are, or our meals have enough volume in them from mm-hmm. veggies and high quality nutrient dense foods. Um, so that we're managing hunger. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I am a girly who needs like a little diet Coke moment in the afternoon. And For so sure. that happened almost on the daily throughout this yeah. cut. Cause it also felt like, you know, a treat after lunch or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Why don't we talk about expectations quickly? Cause I think this is another important topic to cover um, and making sure that we have realistic expectations. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I definitely had like an end goal weight. In you mind. did. Yeah. Did you tell me that? Yeah. Oh my yeah. bad. I like I was on it. Should we share the actual numbers or like, I don't care, but I don't know if we should talk. about. Maybe that. not your top and end range, but you can say like okay. how much you lost. Yeah. So I was sitting at a certain weight and I wanted to lose about 10 or 11 pounds, which is what I ended up doing. Um, but I kind of had this end goal weight in mind that I was like, okay, if I could get to that, like that would be fucking great. I also in having that goal knew that like, I might not get there. And if I don't get there, as long as I like did the things I'm going to be happy with myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so with that and knowing the timeline, it was really easy to then be like, okay, I need to be losing on average about half a pound a week or half Mm -hmm. a pound every two weeks, which I think for most people is a pretty realistic Mm -hmm. rate right? Assuming we're not going to like extreme measures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say probably 80% of the time the weight was like trending down and the other 20% of the time it either didn't change from week to week or it went up. Mm-hmm. And, and do you from- want to share how you felt about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I definitely felt frustrated, especially because the first few weeks, like it was steady. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that kind of surprised me. I think I still had a little bit of self-doubt when we first started. For sure. Um, And so then when it wouldn't change, I would be like, fuck, I did all the things or like I hit my macros every day or like whatever. Um, And kind of frustrated. And I would definitely express to Nicola that frustration in my check-ins, but I generally followed that with like, I understand that like, this is part of it. And also for me, those fluctuations were definitely cyclical. So around my ovulation phase, I was always up a pound or two that week. Mm -hmm. Um, So just being able to see those trends and notice that really took the pressure off. Um, Totally. Like being able to compare week two of your cycle to week two of the previous cycle is so important instead of like, you know, viewing yourself as just completely linear for um, menstruating folks at least. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of 
my expectations was that like half poundish per week to every two weeks, um, which ended up being pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was good. And yeah, knowing that that end weight goal wasn't going to be something that I was going to maintain when the deficit was done. Yeah. Right. So, and I, so I set that goal being like, okay, if I get there and then I get up a couple pounds after that, like that feels like a good, comfortable range. It's my wedding dress is going to fit. I can maintain that. Um, and not having the expectation that coming out of the cut, I was going to maintain that like lowest point. Right. That's not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't set a goal weight. I definitely like looked at not only photos, but like other logs from previous cuts and was like, oh, okay. The body has changed a lot since then. Um, And I realized too, it had been since pre-COVID that I actually did like a formal cut successfully I had dabbled once with Katie last year but quickly pulled myself out of it because my stress was way too high and I just like was not enjoying training was a huge aspect of it I just didn't feel like my training was going well um so we quickly pulled out so this has been my first like actual cut um and so I kind of like thought about it for myself and was like if I try and set these like goals for myself I know I'm going to want to get back to like the previous body right and it's just not it's not possible I weighed so much less in that like that first successful cut I did and I was like it's just like my body a is going to look completely different so if I try and have like look like I did then that's not going to happen I'm going to be upset and if I try and get the scale down that much I'm not willing to put forth that effort or deal with the trade-offs that that would take because I would have to lose close to 20 pounds and that's like no no absolutely not for me especially coming into summer so instead um I went about it like I want to feel good I want to look jacked and I want my training to continue and I've actually like maintained training to a really surprising level like I'm still PRing four months in and that's like one of the reasons why we're going to continue with the cut without pulling out right away even though we're kind of like stretching the timeline here um but because things are going so well and I'm not doing anything in terms of like you know stress is very manageable right now um my steps are really good my like routines are really solid so anyway so we're going to continue there um I've also lost about 10 pounds which is surprising because again, when I look at like the bef- the previous pictures from the start of my cut to now, I'm like, huh, I wouldn't say my body has changed until I like put clothes on. And I'm like, right. God, I feel so much better in my clothes. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a big difference. But looking at pictures for me, Katie is like, wow, like I see changes. And yeah. this is a classic thing we see in co- coaching is where the client's like, I don't know if I noticed that many changes. Yeah. So that's- again, that's why we use so many different like measures yeah yeah it's so interesting because for me I I almost have like the opposite like my clothes definitely fit different especially my jeans um but when I look at pictures I'm like holy fuck this Mm -hmm. is wild um specifically my progress pictures and pictures of me working out Yeah. yeah. Um, But then when I like look at myself in the mirror or even like some of the pictures from my brother's wedding, I still like have those insecurities Mm -hmm. of like, wow, 
I lost 10 pounds and like, this is still this, <laughs> you know, like I still have cellulite on my legs or like my legs, it's mostly my legs, but even like there's pictures of me and Brad dancing at my brother's wedding. And I was like, fuck, my upper body is just so big, you know? And so it's interesting to like hear the different perspectives there mm-hmm. with like a similar amount of weight loss and like the way yeah. that we're feeling different about it. Yeah. And interesting too, because you and I genetically carry weight in very different ways. So like yeah. I lost 10 pounds. Do I, can I see my abs? No, I still can't. I would have right. to get very lean to see abs, but my yeah. upper body is very lean looking like yeah. arms, shoulders. Yeah. And um, your legs. My legs. Yeah. Look pretty decent, yeah. but I carry weight in my midsection and hips. And yeah. you are like, you had your abs back in like weeks and we yeah. were like, sick looking lean. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, there are genetic components and it's like, you can't compare your, your progress or like your body to other people. For sure. Yeah. And if we, if we have these like standards of aesthetics that we're looking for, we also need to be realistic in that, right? Like Mm -hmm. to get rid of my big legs and cellulite, I would have to diet so hard. And like, am I willing to do that? No, no, I'm not. I'm like, is it worth it? Like, what's the point? Like, we are not, we are talking about a a lifestyle cut. This is not a bodybuilding physique cut. Like we're not prepping for anything besides like lifestyle things where you just want to feel a certain way yeah um, and I think that's really important to notice too because the dieting you do for a prep ooh, I'm watching some girls do it at the gym right now and I'm like man I like admire them for their like drive to do it because it takes so much work and yeah it's not work I want to do no <laughs> no being realistic with that too so important Yeah. Like I couldn't have my cookies on Fridays if I was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that's kind of like walking through expectations. Do we want to move into like planning for social events? Yeah. Yeah. And some of the things that we did for that, um, was Calgary your main one? Yeah. I had like little, like our little family dinners that we'd have with friends every week. Um, and I use placeholder macros, but I also knew exactly what we were having. And so I would like roughly log, Mm-hmm. and like compared to my placeholder macros um or sometimes like if we're having dinner with um our two besties like one of them was also tracking so we would make something that had its component parts that we could track and like build our own plates kind of thing yeah um which made it really easy mm-hmm. and with that sometimes i would have like a drink i would track it and there were a lot of times where i said no to alcohol in situations where i would normally be like yeah i'll have a beer yeah yeah. yeah. I had a similar experience too, of just like knowing that like, okay, one drink you could track it and make it fit, but also me, number one, I have problems just having one drink. And also after one drink, my ability to make aligned food decisions mm. also heavily decreases. That's usually right? the big one for most people. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, drinking once a week is like one thing, but it's like drinking plus the choices you make right after that yeah. are like, Poof. yeah. Or like, even especially if you're someone who hasn't drank a lot, which was my experience um, throughout my cut. So like when I went to my bachelorette party, I hadn't had a sip of alcohol for over a month. And like, obviously that fucking escalated quickly. Right. And like any awareness went out the window. And so we didn't really have plans for that. Like my plan was to go enjoy my bachelorette. Like that's a once in a lifetime Mm -hmm. thing, hopefully. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, 
in terms of like the day to day or those like smaller things that happen more frequently or aren't as like quote unquote special choosing not to have a drink was definitely made everything easier yeah you actually did a lot of like non-alcoholic beverages yeah non-alcoholic beer and stuff which I was super surprised with but they do have a lot of good stuff out there for people who are sober so and lots of them are more macro friendly than you'd think like they're like five to Mm -hmm. ten grams of carbs yeah which is great yeah so and that kind of helped me feel like I was still part of the experience especially because my friends all love to fucking drink um helped me feel like I was part of the experience and sometimes I would literally open it and pour it into a glass so people didn't even know that I wasn't drinking Mm because I just like didn't want to deal with the conversation you know um and I got over that pretty quick um but yeah so making those choices around alcohol is a big one for those social situations Um, using the placeholder or social profile where you just pre-track a certain amount of carbs, fats, and protein, usually higher on the carbs and fats, lower on the protein. Um, Super helpful. Asking people, so that worked for you for those family dinners because those are close friends. And also one of them was also tracking macros too. So to have the conversation around like, hey, what are we making? Can we make this macro friendly? Is maybe- Yeah, I would say- I would like, if I could find out what I was having, I would rather for myself and I would say for clients most of the time, I would rather track and estimate Estimate. and then make adjustments if you need to. I think the placeholder macros come in really handy if you know you're going to go out for a meal, but like haven't decided where you're going to go out to or can't find any information or it's a new place and you just like have no idea what you're going to eat. Yeah. You're going in blind, but you still want to like account for something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also like being okay, asking, like, if you're going for dinner to someone's house, like being okay, asking them what's going to be served. Absolutely. You know, that was something that I needed to get over with, um, like my brother's now wife. That's so weird. My brother's (laughs) wife's family, you know, like if we were going there for dinner, texting Julie and being like, Hey, what's for dinner or texting Brad's parents. Hey, what are you making for dinner? It's not, I think we like talk that up to be like such a big thing or like it seems rude or something like that um but really in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal and it just gives you so much more information ahead of time to be able to plan Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah when you're not going in totally blind yeah yeah so I think like for really like the biggest social thing for me was Calgary and I knew I wanted to YOLO it (laughs) like that was the mindset and I was I think a big part of this was I was a hundred percent willing to deal with the consequences of that, yeah. which was feeling like shit the next day, not just because I was hungover, but I was tired. I knew training was probably not going to be the greatest when I did get back into the gym. I knew the scale was going to be up. Um, and for a few days, I didn't bother weighing myself when I was at your place because it's a mm-hmm. new scale. I was like, I know it's going to be up anyways, not yeah. going to be super consistent with how I weigh myself at home. So I skipped it. And then when I did get home, I was like, "Mm, yeah, scale sitting pretty much where I thought it would. Mm -hmm. We need to be realistic with the consequences of our actions, Mm -hmm. right? And in those situations, like Nicholas said, she was fully ready to accept the consequences. Same thing with me at my brother's wedding, same thing at my bachelorette party, right? Like if we go into those weekends saying we're going to YOLO, but then have these expectations for the next week to like be fucking awesome, (laughs) 
how realistic is that? And how shitty are we going to feel when we don't feel awesome? Right. And is that going to then turn into a downward spiral? Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas if we, if we know that that's going to be the outcome and we're okay with that, then we can kind of slog through those few days after where we're like rocking our three day hangover. And <laughs> well, that's just what happens when you get old. Yeah. True. God, it gets hard. Um, but I also think because I knew after Saturday, Sunday with my other friends, I was going to be with Sarah and we had already talked about doing some grocery shopping, meal prepping, and just getting right back on our bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, I know I'm jumping right back into my regular routine as much as I can humanly do while I'm away from home. Yeah. I feel good about that. That felt balanced to me. It like offset the YOLO just a little, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> And because we're not doing that every weekend, it would be a different story if leading up to that wedding and that trip, if I had been still drinking on weekends or having Mm -hmm. like more free meals, then I might've been like, you know, mm, maybe I need to tackle this one a little differently, which is kind of like what we've talked about for you this upcoming few weeks, you have two more trips Mm -hmm. and it's like, there's a, um, a rationale for like taking one event at a time. And for some clients, we it makes more sense to see like, how did the first one go? Let's pick and choose how we do things differently or maintain things that worked in the next one. But I think what I mentioned to you this week is I'd rather not look at each event in isolation because right. there might be one where you want to prioritize something more than the other. And so let's talk about what you actually want to get out of each of the weekends away because right. we might need to change things up a little bit. So it's not YOLO multiple YOLO. weekends in a yeah. row. <laughs> Yeah, I literally in my check-in, I was like, okay, these are the two things coming up. I just want to worry about this coming weekend. We're going to Sandpoint. These are like my goals. And then Nicola came back and was like, actually, let's like. I was like, yes. And yeah, yeah. I think we'd be remiss to ignore like what's about to come in the following weekend when you know you're going to wineries and Kelowna and stuff. Exactly. If we're prioritizing alcohol that weekend, maybe could we prioritize it less? even just a little bit less or, you know, make some other adjustments. And this weekend too, we're at the cabin. So I have a lot more control over what I'm eating. Whereas next weekend we're going to be like eating out and like the meals are pre-planned and stuff like that. So looking at those two weekends from my perspective, it's a lot easier quote unquote for me to make those aligned decisions and potentially track this weekend than it is next weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. So knowing that now maybe I adjust my plan that I had initially for this weekend, knowing that like next weekend's going to be a little bit more flexible. I'm going to have a few days off tracking. Um, I'm going to probably have one YOLO day. Yeah. And but like one great. instead of three is going to make a massive difference. And not just like we're not talking just like the calories here. We're talking like literally how she feels. Yeah. Because coming back from that, going back into your routine for like two measly days and then going on another trip, I know Sarah. And I know that if we do the YOLO plus two days at home plus YOLO, the weekend after, she's going to be like, fuck. Yeah. You know, we've lost all our progress. And it becomes this big thing instead of being like, hey, I stuck to what I said I was going to do and I feel good about that. Mm -hmm. And YOLOing this weekend could result in me being back for those two days and just saying, fuck it, because I already YOLOed and I may as well just add two more days of YOLO. Yeah, Yeah, what's two more days? And again, it's not like we're so concerned about the calories for those two days. It's like literally the mindset and how you feel about it. Because then you come home for two days, you feel like shit. Are you going to feel as good when you go out? 
for your next trip? Right. Probably not. Like mood's going to suffer. Mindset's going to suffer. You're probably going to make choices that are not as good as you would have made if you were in a better headspace. So like that's really like the juice of what we're talking about with clients when we're in a cut and we're navigating like expectations, effort, expectations, effort. And what are we willing to trade off with? Big time. Oh, now I have to go reassess my weekend plans. <laughs> nah, they they were good plans. No, you're I feel good, good about yeah. it. Yeah, I I support that. Yeah, it's a good plan. Um. Okay. Well, why don't we just? I want to talk quickly about maybe any obstacles, and then I think we should talk about how we're coming out of my cut really quick before okay. we wrap up. Okay. Um. So I feel like we touched on all of my obstacles. Um. Those social situations and trips the few weeks where scale weight was up. Um, Other than that, I don't really feel, and this is maybe like unrealistic and also just due to the timing that we were doing this in my life, but I didn't really feel like there were any huge obstacles, probably because my calories were so high and I did have that flexibility. Um, We still ordered takeout once a week. And I just right. like, but like estimated that. that. And that's like what we accounted for. Like when I was setting your calories. Yeah. Like, you know, and we were, yeah. we were like, Hey, I'm going to set them a little higher. You're going to have a little bit more flexibility and we're not going to see the scale plummet right away. Like, yeah. Are you cool with that? Yeah. So there's a reason for some people that we might want to like see more quicker progress right off the go, but those are the folks who are going to have to be like, cool. I am willing to be super dialed in and say bye to things like meals out, alcohol, whatever. Yeah. Right off the get go. So yeah. Yeah. What about you for obstacles? Okay, I'm reading like, so I do like a weekly, just quick note of every week of this fat loss phase. So first week, feeling good. Week three, let's fucking go. Week four, feeling good. Week five, vacation and PMS, fuck my life. Week six, not my best work. Um, So then if I like go back into the check-ins for those, I can guarantee you this vacation and PMS was that hunger spurt I mentioned where I was like, I just need to eat a little bit more. Um, week six was in the heat of school and I just felt very out of my routine and I would say I didn't prep as much as I should have. Right. So a lot of that, um, actually this is like a really great segue into like a client concern I came up against this week was a client had said like, I don't know if it was my lack of planning or my laziness, but it didn't feel like a good week. Right. And I said to her, I can guarantee you it's not your laziness. You are not a lazy person. I've mm-hmm. never once like in your comments and your check-ins or how I, how much I know you have thought, "Mm, this is a lazy human being. Right. And it's a hundred percent the lack of planning. Right. So we talked about like, how can we plan just enough to get you by on the weeks where you don't have your full capacity? Like what's the minimum amount and how can we build that into your week? So it's like part of it Mm -hmm. and not, you know, I think sometimes we talk about like meal prep or planning as this like extra thing we have to throw into our life. But like, what if it's just part of your life? Right. And so we really did talk about that. Um, and so that was probably a week for me where, you know, I let other things come in and pretended that meal prep was something I had to do and stuff instead of just like right. part of my week. Um, I had a couple from- weeks like that too, where like you, I would do my check-in and I was like, mm, it didn't feel like it was my greatest week. But when we look at the data, like I still hit my macros every yeah, day. Exactly. You're still right? like doing the thing. It's like, yeah. but again, that piece about how you feel about it is so important. Cause that really is like 
the piece that's probably going to carry out the longest and bleed into the next week if we don't address it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This idea that everything has to be like perfectly to schedule or perfectly planned out ahead of time or meals have to be like these like fancy things that we've like put so much thought and effort into. Right. Um, versus like those weeks, I don't know if this happens to you, but I'll like choose easier, quicker, convenient foods mm-hmm. that maybe aren't as high volume. Or maybe I had like sourdough at like three meals a day for <laughs> three days or some shit like that. Right. Which like, I know that actually happened. Um, which like physically that doesn't make me feel good in my tummy. Right. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a mindset thing around food and saying that like, that's a bad food, but it's like physically those types of foods in that quantity don't make me feel good physically. So even Mm -hmm. though they fit my macros, if I was like feeling bloated all week or like, you know, having shitty poops all week or whatever, then I'm not going to feel as good about the progress, even though on paper it was a spot on week. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I don't think for any of my clients, even if we're seeing the scale decrease, but they feel bloated, they're like, Oh, I feel really good. Like, no, never. They feel like shit. And they're like, this is terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I have a few notes where like, um, I hit some walls with training. So I had a D volume week, which I hate. I never feel like those are like my best weeks if I'm not like putting my full force into my training. So there's several like D volume weeks. There's notes about like things felt really solid, AKA planning for the win. Um, a really busy week of school. So I kept shit super simple where I didn't like make new recipes. I literally was like chicken, rice, And I did get to a point in this cut where I found if I was making my meals too enjoyable or too exciting, it was almost like my cravings would be higher. And so I really spent like two or three weeks eating super simple and almost boring foods that I almost didn't look forward to. Right. Because I found that if I had to like, it really felt like a slog to eat some of them, but I was not hungry after. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I eat something super palatable, I'm like, mm, I could eat some more of that. Right. And that really helped at mm-hmm. certain points. Um, you know, it was a phase two. I got out of that and I'm back to like making some delicious things, but that was very helpful for a time. Yeah. Um, Probably correlated minutes. with stress too. For sure. And I yeah. mean, like, did that make my prep way easier? Oh yeah. So it, it, it saved time. But again, yeah. like you have to be willing to like eat some meals that are a little boring and mm-hmm. some people aren't. And some people I'm like, we should try that just to see what it's like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So those were my like little notes. Um, I said uh-huh. YOLO wedding number one photos and trying on dresses. And then I said, my back can't get any bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. For the dress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then I said, Calgary first half of the week tracked, got back sick. That sucked. And now I'm back in a fucking D volume. So here we are. Cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good to it see up. the ups and downs though. Right. I think that's like the realistic part here of like, okay, let's set some expectations. Not every week you're going to check in with either yourself or your coach and be like, fuck yes. Yeah. It's like, just not this how idea it goes. Of like, an average week we get a lot of like ho-hums like it was an okay week like and again we look at their logs logs are really good and it's just not like there were any like major highs right but something like my coach Katie said to me a while ago she's like what if we just like looked forward to those average weeks because our life is so great that average is fucking enjoyable awesome yeah like love that mind blown yeah like what if (laughs) like just a regular ass week you're like sick 
it's Monday. Yeah. Like, what would yeah. that feel like? So, so I took that to heart. Um, and now like my average weeks, I'm like sick. I yeah. did everything I wanted to do. Checked off all my training, my cardio, ate well, slept well. Boom. Nothing crazy Boxes happened. Checked. We love yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And that will be the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Get, yeah. Re- get used to some average weeks. Yeah. My friends. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk quickly b- before we wrap up about coming out of a cut. Do you guys oh. have plans for coming out of your cut? Have you talked about that yet? Or are you kind of just like rolling? We, we have talked about things that are going to be on our radar. And if we start to see them, then we start having the conversation. So yeah. when we got into the cut, obviously my end goal is to look hot as fuck for your wedding, but that's like a really long timeline. If we started in February and we're pushing a cut till September. So we knew I wasn't going to cut that whole time. Um, so we used like the wedding I went to last weekend as kind of like simple, just like you that like first yeah. kind of like boom. Yeah. So that was kind of the goal. And now since things are feeling good and my training is still going well, aside from me being a little sick right now, um, we're going to continue it, but we're continuing it with the idea that we might reduce training volume. We might reduce cardio um, because we'd rather manipulate those things versus lowering calories. So I don't foresee at, at least right now me going into a further, oops, I almost tipped over my water, um, a further deficit. And I imagine we'll reverse a little bit and same with you, give myself a little buffer mm-hmm. before September where if, you know, I was just, I had put on a little bit or wasn't feeling as good, we would have the capacity because again, calories are still pretty high and I'm feeling really good that we would have the capacity to dip into a a little, little mini cut if necessary, Mm -hmm. but we don't have like formal timelines or plans for that that yet. We're kind of rolling with the punches as we go. Yeah. Which is nice to have those like, again, not formal, but like more broad expectations um, Mm -hmm. and like things that you're looking for. And being able to kind of just see as you go versus having this like hard and fast start stop thing, because sometimes our body doesn't respond the way that we expect it to. Sometimes there's shit that comes up. So being able to have a little bit more flexibility built into that timeline is super helpful. Um, especially if you have a coach to talk you off ledges or, mm-hmm. you know, be that kind of like external eyes on things. Yeah. And I think because like her and I both know that I know my body very well Mm -hmm. and we have the trust that like she knows I'm going to tell her I'm not going to sneakily try and get away with cutting for longer if I feel like shit she's going to see it in my training videos I'm going to tell her oh my training feels like shit like that will probably be the first thing that I'm like I'm not willing to have shitty training sessions Um, but I also have a decade of training to know how it's supposed to feel for me when I feel good Mm -hmm. and I think it can get a little different for people who either aren't training super hard or are newer to training where they don't really know their edges yet or what it feels like to just be rolling with training to notice when it's starting to get impacted so like those are things to keep a lookout for um but again like having a coach to talk those through and to kind of question um like a question I asked a client lately was like okay you're writing down all your workouts for me and you're saying like you feel like really good about them but like how often do you like push yourself to failure right because we're talking about like hmm, why am I not putting on as much muscle mass or right. why are my like body comp- recomposition changes not happening right and so like really talking about that kind of stuff and 
learning about more like just how your body responds to things that level of self-awareness can be so helpful for sure in a cut but also just like with your general general yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah for me we're kind of like doing things a little bit differently Mm -hmm. than we normally would coming out of a cut I think um mostly just because I have a lot of trips and like five weddings um Mm -hmm. coming up so similar to Nicola, because I'm like still feeling good in training and stuff, we've decided we're going to keep my macros where they are. Um, knowing that I'm having extra flexibility in terms of time off tracking estimations, that kind of stuff. Right. So we're going to assume that my overall calorie intake is going to go up, even though my like normal structured tracking days are staying in the deficit calories. Yeah. It's a little more like calorie cycling. Yeah. Yeah. And that way we're not all simultaneously increasing my calories and increasing that flexibility, which yeah. would bring things up way more. You're right. Um, and potentially like, you know, have me moving back into higher body composition or body fat levels, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've chosen to tackle it that way. Um, if I was feeling shitty energy wise, training wise, I think we would have made a different decision. Um, Absolutely. We probably would have had some other conversations about how much flexibility you're using on those like trips yeah, and tried to like focus on more overall health, which would include increasing your overall calories day to day. Yeah, for sure. Um, so those are kind of like two options we have when we're coming out of a deficit. Two of several, like there's many ways to do it depending on the person. Um, but I think like for you, the two biggest things that we talked about are like increased flexibility and along with that change of expectations. Yeah. And those were two things we had chatted about during the cut as we were talking about this. And then again, when we made the decision to stay at these macros, knowing that your weekends for the next like month-ish are going to look pretty different than normal. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. Okay, well, that was a long recap. It was, but I feel like thorough. I've shown a lot of different things. Yeah. 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 So hopefully some good takeaways there for any of you who are in or considering a fat loss phase Um, and just kind of like a look into our lives lately. Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to be back posting on Instagram. Nicola and I came up with a plan. Yeah, we came up with an Instagram plan. Look at you enjoying plans. Um, So we're going to be back on there. So you can go give us follows at our personals or on paradigms. Um, And yeah, hopefully getting back to being a little bit more consistent with this podcast as well. As always, send us your podcast topic ideas. Yeah. How about give us a yes or no on this one? I've had a lot of clients who are struggling to like feel like they are feeling comfortable in their bodies whereas like from a coach perspective I'm like oh my god you've made so many changes but it's like how come they can't see it right and I would like to just chat more about that dive into that a little bit yeah okay I like that idea write that down yeah that's otherwise we'll forget yeah we'll go into the abyss (laughs) yeah oh the abyss is full of good shit Okay, well, I have to hop on a call with a new client right away and go pee and refill my coffee. Yeah, with that, Um, we will have spaces for July. Yes. Correct? Will you? I will have a few. Yeah. 
yeah, roster for July, August looks good. Um, for me, September is going to be a little dicey. So I probably will stop taking new clients mid August. Um, Okay. Okay. And yeah, but yeah, I have have the gym challenge wrapping up and stuff. So I also have some, some spaces. Yeah. I feel like at this point, we're kind of just like, as clients let us know that they're finishing up with us. We're like, Oh, boom, got a spot. So that's where we're at. Um, if you feel at all inclined to, pursue a cut with us after hearing our magical recap (laughs) you know where to find us or if you just want some support in your maintenance phase that's fun too yeah 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 I'm having a chat with one of my clients about that right now always Um, important yes well as always thanks for tuning in we love you very much we love you lots we'll catch you on the flippity flip and hopefully see you next week yeah okay that's on us though if we don't yeah exactly (laughs) not you (laughs) okay bye bye